Hello, Kristen here. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the antidote is a thing that's happening. It's a series of monthly gatherings that will help you return to your body and your being over and over again in the face of, you know, 2024, election insanity, climate change, global wars, your own personal stuff, other stuff. It's crazy out there. And it's easy to abandon yourself and freak out. The antidote is for bringing you home to yourself so that you can be safe in your being even when the world outside of you feels objectively unsafe. And because everybody's marketing at you and there's no reason for you to believe me, you can head to jointheantidote.com to grab a free recording of the first session that happened this week so you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. Hello, hello, hello. I'm going to pin myself. Hi. Uh, we're going to do the awkward three-minute wait window where they're like, yes, are people coming? We don't know. What's happening? Um, I do want you to tell me, please, please, where you're located and about your last day off. So, like, what did you do? What did it feel like? What was your last day off? Um, that would be fantastic. Where are you located? What was your last day off? What did you do? How did it feel? Chat box it up. Um that gives you something to do while I see if if anybody else is coming. And if not, then that's that. Bordeaux, France. Magnificent. That's fucking fancy from where I'm sitting. <laughs> it is good to see you. Yeah. I got to be tell you, um, I got a ring light, which is very fancy. This is me filling time, everybody. And um, Barrett laughed really, really hard because apparently at some point I declared that if I ever got a ring light for any reason that it, I'd been possessed by a pod person and that he should like just assume that like I am gone and that someone else has taken over. But then I had to teach on Zoom for like every day for a year. And you get the ring light. It's okay. Uh, originally from the East Coast. He's from Boston. You're from New York City. Fantastic. I love it. Um, Katie. Hi, Katie. Is from Revelstoke, British Columbia on the unceded territory of the, oh God, you're going to make me pronounce Indigenous Nations. Sequipemka, Salix, Katinexa. And sin ixed nations. Perfect. I feel like that was a test. And I apologize to every indigenous person that is any of those titles because I can't pronounce them. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. And then when was your last day off? Like off, not just like it's Sunday and I sort of don't have things to do, but I do. Like, when was your last day off? So hi, Nicole. Hi, Lottie. We are in the land of where are you located? And tell me about your last day off. What did you do? What did it feel like? It's magnificent. Tell me about those things. Because that's part of the reclaiming is this part where we uh, 
we're going to reclaim a bunch of like time off is is one of the things that's going to happen here in the next hour um cool so yeah your location your last day off i would love to hear about it and um just to sort of set the tone this is an open space and um the chat will never be seen again so whatever you put in chat is like you would chat to your therapist it's going it's it's going nowhere it will never be seen again um, the recording here is only audio so even if you're on video again never going to be seen again so good that way um, and then we're just going to use this as a space to be vulnerable and connect as much as possible if you can should you want to do that um, and then I'm going to sort of keep an eye toward like, there will be people listening to this in the future, but it's now, but the future. So it's a sort of weird teaching position, but I'm just going to be as here as I can be. And then I might make commentary for like, if you're listening later, and that'll be weird, but also just how this works. Um, okay, so we're into the window of like official, official. Nick is here. That makes it extra official. Um, I just wanted to hear about your last day off. What did you do and what did it feel like? In the chat, if you can. Uh, and then Marissa, our last day off, took her son to a baseball tournament and I threw myself a mini retreat with tons of self-care, including your release session. Beautiful, well done, well done. Uh, Lottie's in Bristol in the UK. My whole life is a day off apparently, but it doesn't feel like that. No, 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 no. If you're a mom, you're like, it's a day off because I'm not working a job that makes me money. Not the same. Um, on the call while cooking dinner and watching kids who only send me present apologies. No worries, no worries. Uh, Katie, last day off we went camping and mountain biking with new friends and it felt like COVID didn't exist and it was glorious. Yes, anytime COVID doesn't exist or doesn't feel like it exists, it's glorious. Um, Nicole's last day off was Saturday. The Cincinnati Fringe Festival began. I performed in a show on Sunday. But Saturday, we watched outdoor theater all day with other people. Yes, we're coming back to life. It's so exciting. That's me slapping my cheeks for the people that are like, what is that on the mic? That's excited cheek slapping. Uh, Nick ran away to a cabin and read Animal Vegetable Miracle and smoked weed. I feel like I need, I need to read Animal Vegetable Miracle, if only because Catherine North loves it so much that it explodes through her eyeballs with the love of how much she loves it. Um, and smoked, it's perfect. It's perfect. I love all of this. Um, so the truth is that most solopreneurs, as far as I can tell, are really bad bosses. Like I have heard tell of um, friends of clients who say like, listen, if you don't hire Kristen, I can't be your friend anymore. <laughs> um, and it's because they can't stop working. They just can't no matter what happens. Um, and when I ask new clients about their last day off, you all did well. Um, they sometimes they respond like I've asked the late of the date of their last pelvic exam like they're like I don't I don't know and it's sort of panicky and like it's a test and they're failing the test and it's just bad um so this is about reclaiming your life from that space and if you're not in that space then fantastic but we're going to find some places where you might be in that space the sort of work of there's overwork and there's overwhelm and it's not actually fun even if you happen to hit your goals along the way, if you're just totally like at stress level 3000, who cares if you hit your goals because you're at stress level 3000, right? So we're coming back to that place of uh, what if you're not in overwork and overwhelm and that's what the reclaiming is for. So to be clear, none of this is about beating yourself up, making yourself wrong, 
talking about all the things you should have been doing all this time or otherwise being bad in any capacity. There's no judgment here coming from me. This I can promise you. And so if you feel like judgment or shame or guilt or like any sort of like turning inward, uh, that's, that's there. And I'm not trying to give that to you. I'm trying to just usher you into the space where you can look at whatever this is in your life that needs to be looked at directly and clearly. And when we can look at it directly and clearly, then we make big moves and we do cool things and it's not a big deal to change. And it doesn't have to be something um, that you're wrong about. We can just make a shift and it's not a big deal. So uh, what wanted to show up for this was a poem called The Good Boss. And I thought it was a really shitty poem. I still kind of think it's a shitty poem, but I also think it's completely and totally applicable. Um, and it's from having been a very not good boss to myself for a number of years and then being able to articulate like, what would a good boss do? Because I'm the boss of me is the honest answer. If you own a business, you're the boss of you. And so it's a sort of lifelong pursuit to become a good boss instead of like a kind of shitty or kind of abusive boss. Becoming a good boss is an awesome, awesome thing. So the good boss allows for complexity, for getting it right, not being right, for emotions and messiness and failure, and therefore creativity and innovation. The good boss acknowledges that screen work is only one small portion of the work available to you, to society, and to humanity, and that often the deepest work available happens face-to-face -face, or in the offline three-dimensional world or both. The good boss pays you for the efforts of today, not promising cash later or when the business hits a sales goal or years from now when you've officially paid your dues. The good boss forbids doom scrolling and doesn't make you sit at a screen for one minute longer than it takes to finish your work on any given day. The good boss speaks kindly to you, believes in you and labors on your behalf, even when you have failed, fucked up, gone off the rails, lost the plot or blown a bunch of time and energy on a project that went nowhere. The good boss acknowledges the complex web of relationships and skills and systems and talents and teachings within you, encouraging growth wherever possible. The good boss is just as strict about rest and rejuvenation as about deadlines and productivity. She does not allow for vacation days to go unused, sick days to go unspent, or personal days to roll into the next calendar year. The good boss does not want to hear from you on weekends or holidays. The good boss lets you be human, because you are. So let's find some places that you can reclaim time and energy without beating yourself up about or freaking out about all the ways that you've wasted time or you're doing it wrong or all that shit. We're just gonna let that go. We're gonna reclaim some stuff. So the first part I think is just reclaiming daily life. Like there was this pandemic daily life and then we're, we're sort of in like, some of us are vaccinated, some of us are not and like our countries, some of the countries are vaccinated, some of them are not. Um, and so it's really, it's really turbulent and we've, we are surviving a massive trauma, period. So while some good habits might have developed, fantastic, there might also be some like really hideous develops, habits that developed during pandemic. And so what is one pandemic thing that you picked up that you would like to stop doing with your time? So this is this didn't exist before pandemic and then suddenly you picked it up and now it's just the thing that happens every day but would you like to put it down because that's where we are um so i personally 
would like to give up spending so much time indoors and at home? Because obviously that was my response. I'm naturally a hermit. So pandemic comes and you just hermit harder. You're just inside all the time. <laughs> and um, outdoors, outdoors is great, but we didn't have access to outdoors with other people for sure. So I would love to be outdoors with other people this summer. Um, so actual question to please answer in the comments is what is one pandemic thing that you wanna stop doing with your time? And I'm gonna give you some ideas. Um, you might wanna give up social media or doom scrolling, just saying. Doom scrolling is not really like anybody's best look. Um, you might wanna give up compulsively checking the news. So like there's the 10, 20, 30 minute check and then there's the like, I watch CNN for seven hours a day check. Like those are different, just saying. You might wanna go for A, not B. Um, you might wanna stop spending all your time indoors or in private. You might not, it's okay if you don't want to, but you might. Um, you might wanna stop homeschooling your kids or stop Zooming for hours a day. Like, honestly, I don't know anyone who doesn't wanna stop Zooming for hours a day. I've never met a person who's like, Zoom, it's my fucking favorite. There's nothing I love more than Zoom, has never happened. Nick is like, it's me, it's me. You're insane, you're insane, dude. Zooming is the fucking worst. Um, so big, small, seemingly unimportant, insignificant, important, doesn't matter. Um, what is it? So watching hours of Netflix with my partner every evening, compulsively checking Instagram. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Me time in the morning that is four hours but isn't actually fulfilling because there's lots of doom scrolling. Mm -hmm. That'll do it. Uh, not making time to exercise. Yeah. Yeah, those sound about right. Yeah. Or do anything for me, even better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nicole feels like she sat on the couch for a year. Yeah. Yeah. There's that. Cool. So just, just acknowledging without having to do anything about it, just acknowledging like, here's a habit. We're just going to sort of set that out to see and let it go. I love it. Yeah. Feeling like you've sat on the couch for a year is kind of it's like that's sort of where humanity is at this point, at least in the in the countries where you could work from home and there's infrastructure and all that good stuff. Um, we've already covered this. We're going to come back to it now, which is reclaiming rest, which is when did you last have a full day off without responsibilities of any kind? Like you can give it to me in days, in months, in years, full day off, no responsibilities of any kind. Um, because the trick here again is you can schedule time off for any time you like. And I know like you'll have to ask for help and you'll have to pay people and you'll have to like plan for it and you'll have to like actually put your own time and energy into caring for yourself. Yes, and it will be so hard, I know, and it will be like worth it, frankly. Um so 2 weeks ago I took uh 3 days off by myself in Asbury Park. And I was like, I'm going to spend so much time by myself. It's going to be glorious. And it was. But what I was surprised by was how much time I spend, like in my brain, I call them the apps that are running, running through like, what do other people need? So no dog, like dog walking, meal planning, putting out snacks. So buried some more vegetables, client calls, emails, chores, errands, housekeeping, like all of those things that even on my days off, like on weekends, those are still running. There are so many things that we're still taking care of. And so when is the like responsibility free time 
Because the truth is nobody's going to come and give it to you. Like Publishers Clearinghouse of Time is not going to come to your door, knock it down and be like, today, you have no responsibilities. Get out of this house and move your life to somewhere else. It's never going to happen. We have to make it happen for ourselves, which is fine. You just put it on the calendar. Like it's, it's big and giant and there's an X through it. And then you figure it out. Because if there's anything I know about you, it's that you're smart and you'll figure it out. So if you decide that July 17th is a day off, then July 17th will be when you have off. Um, and it will be a pain in the ass to make that work, but I can assure you that it's, it's, it's worth it in the depths of your soul <laughs> to do that work and to not be plugged into everyone else and their needs. Um, uh, Nick said, I just did this this past weekend. It took two days to close my apps, even in a solo cabin. Um, typically I schedule one workday a month where I clear my schedule and fuck off. And it's typically a Tuesday, always choose a school day. So no kids, right? Yeah. If you've got five kids, the weekends are not the least stressful time that you have by any means. Um, and Nicole said she's been working from home, which the introvert part of you loves, but then my days off look a lot like my work days. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're just like at home and then like, is the laptop in the closet or is it out? That's kind of the only difference. Um, so when is your next day off? And if you can't give me that, like, can you promise to make a day off with no responsibilities whatsoever? Um, and then if you're in that place, I feel like a lot of you're in that place, like, fuck, that's not fucking happening. Um, when can you take a break from social media and email from those, like, from being just totally plugged in? When can you give your nervous system a chance to just kind of like unplug back up, take a minute? So in reclaiming rest, we have days off, full of days off from responsibility, and also like a break from the digital continuous, like noise, 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 noise. Cool. It doesn't get easier as we go on. So you'll probably like this one less, but it'll help you the most. Okay. So reclaiming next is daily structure. So imagine that you have a job where you work somewhere else and um, it starts and stops at a different time every day. P.S. No one tells you the days in advance and you just have like the schedule when you start is just question marks. <laughs> like there is no plan. Um, that's often how owning a business feels, um, which is why structured time is something you need even when you resist it like hell. Like I would say the number one thing that people resist when they start working with me or as they continue working with me is structuring time. Cause it feels so spacious to just be like, what am I doing next Thursday? Anything can happen. It's a blank slate. Nothing is scheduled. Nothing is planned. It's beautiful. And that's true if it's one day a week, two days a week. But if every day is just like, I don't know when I start. I don't know when I stop. I don't know what's happening. I don't know why it's happening. And I never have time off. It gets it gets really ugly really fast because we have no nothing anchoring us to, to reality and it turns into workaholism like whoa because there's never a start time there's never a stop time there's nothing scheduled it just gets really fussy and melty and messy and blah and then you think there's something wrong with you and there's nothing wrong you just need some structure so like in case you feel super judged about that because you don't have any structure like I knew, like I would get messages in my body that I needed to do yoga when I was doing CrossFit in 2011. P.S. That's a decade ago. 
And I would be like, no, CrossFit's better than what I'm doing. And I don't need daily structure because I do CrossFit twice a week and I'm fucking awesome because I can run so fast and look at me, right? Um, and then I got locked down in Portland and was afraid to leave the house because if there's a Proud Boy rally outside, Kristen's not going outside. This is very simple and straightforward. <laughs> um, so I started to do yoga because I had no other choice. It was that or go in fucking sane. And uh, what we found, what Bear found, and he ever so diplomatically stated was like, I can see a difference in you when you do yoga. And that was a kind way to say that if I did, if I did not do yoga, I was like Moira Rose level, just panic, freak out, um, you know, March, 2020. Okay. We're being locked down thousands of miles from home. Grandma just died. Can't attend the funeral. Proud boys are happening. Lockdown is happening. Um, all is chaos. Uh, we can see the fascism ramping up like in the States, we can see it all happening, but we have no ability to change it. It was a bad spot. And all I remembered was this journalist talking about how her life was hell. She was in a war zone. She started doing yoga for 30 minutes a day and it felt better for no reason. She couldn't figure out why, but every day felt better. I remembered that one line and like I resisted for a long time until I didn't. And now yoga is like the linchpin upon which everything else happens. So the reclaiming here is what kind of structure are you resisting? So I was resisting having to do movement every single day because I would like to move once a month, like batch it, and then just not have to move my body for the rest of the month. Sadly, that is not how bodies work. It makes me sad every day. <laughs> And so there's this structure of like, I go into my body and then I know what's going on. And then I do the rest of the day. And I resisted that for a decade. So what sort of structure are you resisting in this moment? And that's what the chat box is for. I'm gonna give you some other examples. These are really common with clients, especially um, you might be refusing to eat vegetables just because that was a thing your mom made you do. And you're like, I'm not doing that ever again. No, uh, you might be refusing to hydrate I don't know why people do. It happens. We forget. Um, you might be refusing to move your body regularly. Totally normal. Um, and also the thing you're resisting might be the thing that holds your life and mood together in six months. And so if there's space for something that you're resisting, that's where I invite you to like get curious about that resistance. What could the other side of that look like? And what might it be to have that little bit of structure in your life? It could also be that you need start and stop times for your workday, that just that piece of structure alone, knowing my time starts here, stops here, and I do not work on these days or at these times can be magic because what you find is that instead of being vaguely on all the time so that you're never off, really, you, you are on, you are off. That makes a difference. Um, Marissa said, moving my body regularly and I'm a yoga teacher. So I'm resisting moving my body just for me. That makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lottie's resi resisting all structure, like a true rebel. All structure is no. <laughs> Nicole is resisting moving your body, which as a dancer makes your body extra grouchy. I can imagine like if my body that would just like to move once a month, honestly, um, resists moving, I can't, I can't imagine how your body feels if you don't dance because you're a dancer. Um, Katie said, I love sleeping in. And since COVID, I refuse to set an alarm and start working a set time every day, which turns into an hour of doom scrolling in bed every day. 
I need to set a start time for work. And if I'm super ambitious, I would also do yoga before that time too. Yeah, so what if you just don't doom scroll? Like if you just eliminate the hour of doom scrolling, that's like two hours of yoga, basically. Uh, like if you move your doom scrolling to like 6 p.m., it can't hurt you as much because it isn't at the beginning of the day when your brain is all, oh, right? Uh, being vaguely on all the time. Yeah, so the structure there is just when, when are you done? When are you not open for email or text or chat or FaceTime or WhatsApp or Signal or whatever the fuck kids are using these days or Snapchat or TikTok or Instagram or Twitter or there are these endless bids for your attention and when are, when are you unavailable to them? When is it 1994 in your house is the best way that I can put it. It's like the internet does not exist. What are we doing now instead? Uh, Nick resists walking in the forest, even though I live in the forest. Also waking up and writing before I look at my phone or my children. Yeah. Yeah, like waking up and writing is dope. Um, so yeah, so what is, to sort of reclaim a little differently, say it a different way, what's an element of structure that could better support your day? And it can be super simple, like not doom scrolling for an hour. Fantastic. We would take doom scrolling for 20 minutes as a significant upgrade. That's fucking great. Um, and to be clear, because when you hear structure, I know what happens in your artistic brain. Structure is the devil. Structure is terrible. Structure is equated with discipline, which is the worst. It's ugh, right? Um, and so it doesn't have to be terrible, P.S. Like a piece of structure that can be really, really beautiful is uh, let's say that you're a painter. Let's say that you leave your paint sets out and that you paint for 20 minutes a day, no matter what. That's still structure, but it's really beautiful structure. It means that you get to express and you get to have life and it gets to be fucking glorious. Um, other people, for, for me, when I lose reading fiction before bed, I'm really pissy about it for some reason. Like, I just need to read fiction before bed. I need some time to like just sink into my brain and my imagination and then go to sleep. It's still structure. It's still fiction before bed, but it's not terrible in any way. I look forward to it. It makes me feel better. So if there's any piece that could help you feel better without feeling like a task or a chore or responsibility, go ahead and share those. That's fantastic. Um, other places you might need more structure just from knowing people and talking with them all the time. Um, daily yoga or meditation, which you know. More vegetables, you know. Um, if you have kids, often it's just asking for extra childcare. So asking a partner, paying someone, paying two someones, paying seven someones, shipping grandma in for a week, whatever it takes. Um, taking naps can be a form of structure. I have a friend who takes a nap every Saturday at two and every Sunday at two because that's the weekend structure. That's how we know it's a weekend because we get to take a nap. It's fantastic. Uh, hiring a person to help you with your physical body is a form of structure. So a chiropractor, an acupuncturist, a doctor, a chronic pain manager, um, a, any and everything that can help you with your physical or mental health element of structure. And then again, the pretty ones like reading fiction, listening to music, taking walks, all the stuff you know to do, but don't do. Um, those are the places where Structure can be super, 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 super helpful. Uh, can structure look like, I will go outside before I start to work with no set times, just the order is the structure. It can be. 
yeah, it can be that they, we start at this time, we stop at this time. It can be no matter what time I start, I go outside first. Um, the one that I've had to implement recently on a post-it note, because I'm fancy, uh, it says the first order of business every day is to express yourself. It's not to consume and it's not to do shit for other people, which is my tendency to take care of everybody's needs and then be like, well, I could write a thing maybe. Um, that, that makes a big difference for me personally, that even if it's 10 minutes to write a poem, a shitty poem even, it's better than if I try to write that shitty poem later in the day after I've done everything else that express first and then do everything else second is a piece of structure that really helps me. How we doing? We're, we're, we're quitting things, we're acknowledging things, we're fantastic, we're doing fucking great. Thank you for being here. Um, and then there's reclaiming support. Again, it gets worse and then it gets worse and then it gets better and then we're done. So here we go. Okay, so <laughs> reclaiming support, right, is all about, um, we, we're focusing the reclaiming on being a good boss even if we don't have a business. And so that's not gonna happen if you're committed to doing all of this all by yourself. Uh, and so there's a book called Unbound by Cassia Urbaniak. I'm gonna put that in the notes and you're gonna please buy this book and read it, every person on the face of the earth, basically. Um, briefly, Cassia Urbaniak uh, studied to be a Taoist nun for a number of years by going around the world studying for more than a decade. And the way that she funded herself doing that was by being one of the world's top paid and best dominatrixes, which if I've never heard of such a juxtaposition of like East, West, North, South, she does what she wants, amazingness, right? And then she wrote this book about like what it means to have access to power, which as a former dominatrix slash Taoist nun, um, she knows more about power than I do, certainly. I have never been in that position or in a dungeon or paid for sex work. And instead of doing that, I just read the book. That was my big plan. So, okay, so she says, this is called the independent woman, which I feel like that's who I attract personally. That's who I, that's who I am. This is my work too. Uh, quote, the independent woman brings home the bacon and fries it up in a pan. She doesn't ask for help. She doesn't need it. She's got this. And if she doesn't, she's a wizard at MacGyvering what she needs from nothing. Of course, it's a trap. Whereas the good girl is supposed to behave and not want anything, the independent woman can have whatever she wants as long as she can get it herself. She doesn't burden anyone. She doesn't ask for help or favors. She's endlessly resourceful and competent, which usually means that she ends up helming the ship. No wonder she's utterly exhausted. The independent woman might feel more powerful than an old school good girl, but she's running on empty and she's resentful as hell. And when she's doing it all so she can have it all, is she really as masterful as she would be if she could ask for the resources and support she needs? So I was like, oh, I identify as an independent woman. Do you identify as an independent woman? Because um, I'm definitely not a good girl. I'm not like rules, I love rules, but independent woman, I'm like, fuck you, I'll do what I want and I'll do it by myself. And I don't need anybody ever for anything. That's, that was my reaction to good girl conditioning. Um, so I had to learn to ask for help. And the reclaiming is in this case about what is one area where you can commit to asking for help. I know it sucks. I know you don't want to, it's terrible. And also it's super, super, super helpful to ask for help because your life is gonna get better when you ask for help. Uh, you might need 
So again, that question is real. What's one area of your life where you can commit to asking for help? And I'm gonna give you places where you could ask for help. Uh, you might need the help of an assistant, meaning like a virtual assistant or an actual assistant. You might need the help of an acupuncturist, a therapist, a psychologist, a coach, all four. Um, I have two of those at this time, fantastic. Um, you might need your partner to handle bedtime a few nights a week or all the nights or just on Mondays so you can be in bowling league. So it can be a tiny ask of like, I need this half hour. It can be an enormous ask of like, take over childcare for the rest of time or until I say to stop. Fantastic. Uh, you might need a bookkeeper or an accountant. If you own a business, you so need a bookkeeper and an accountant. Um, without those helpers, I would not have filed taxes since 2010. Please understand that I do not touch taxes. I pay very handsomely for Carl, my accountant, to handle all of that for me. You might just need a friend who loves to read to recommend a book to you to read. So very big asks, very small ask. I promise that your reader friends, they desperately wanna tell you what book to read next. Just ask, they're so excited. Um, and you don't have to do this all alone. So what would support or asking for help look like in this moment? So Marissa, decluttering your house and computer, fantastic. What would asking for help look like? Is it having somebody come in? Is it taking your computer to someone and being like, fix it? <laughs> Is it a multi-person thing? Is it a multi-day thing? Is it just a matter of like hire a person and it's over? What would it look like to ask for help in this moment? And if your brain is still freaking out and not giving you any answers, more options for you. Um, maybe you hire a business coach who helps you make more during a pandemic than you did in 2019. That's me. That happened for some of my clients. You can sign up for the waitlist at kristenkelp.com slash tap, right? Um, maybe your household hires out the laundry a few times a month. Often when I talk with um, my clients who are moms, they sort of like secretly whisper that they would like to hire out the laundry. Like, and they say it like, I would like to hire out the laundry. Like they're doing some sort of like dirty, dirty thing instead of like laundry's the worst. Of course you want to pay someone else to do it. It's terrible. Of course you can pay for that. Um, maybe your kids learn to cook toast and orange juice so you can sleep in for an extra half hour. Uh, maybe you actually talk to your doctor about that weird spot, that bump or that pain you've been having. Lots of resistance to doctors in the United States because wow. Um, maybe you get your ADHD diagnosed, get yourself some meds and thank me later. So big support, small support, asking for help, paying for help. Tell me about what would support or asking for help look like in this moment. P.S. If you're listening and you have ADHD, this is particularly in the future because I know everybody on the call. Um, it's so fucking magical when you get the pill that makes your brain work like normal. It's one of the easiest things to fix. It's just one pill and a doctor's visit. And every single client that I've had that I've been like, do you suspect you have ADHD? And they say yes. And then they fight me and then they get the pill and they are happy in their souls. So if you're listening and you have ADHD, one way you can ask for help is to be diagnosed with ADHD so you can be cared for appropriately and your whole life will get better. That's a promise. Um, so Nick says, we have a household assistant instead of a work assistant. I'd rather be in the intimacy of my business than the intimacy of my laundry. That is very well stated. Yes, I tend to hire out the stuff that is not of the business because it's important to me that when you email me, you email me 
not an assistant or an assistant's assistant or a crew of 27 people who treat me like a guru or the head of an MLM scheme. So yeah. Nicole may be a yoga teacher and a massage therapist, body work to do here. Yes, absolutely, yes. Uh, finding a physical therapist and a psychologist and committing to them both long-term. Yeah, that sounds terrible, but yeah. <laughs> no one's like hiring a psychologist. This is gonna be like the best time I've ever had. It'll be like going to an amusement park. No, it will not be, but it'll be so good for you. And so part of the reclaiming that's so hard is that we can't see the benefit. We just have to trust that there will be a benefit when we ask for help because it feels terrible. And your brain is like, you're gonna die if you ask for help. And it's actually not at all the case. Like asking for help is one of the most fucking glorious things in the world because when you get that help, you are so grateful and your life opens up in so many ways that you couldn't have imagined when you didn't have a helper person or seven or whoever you need to help you. So I love that for everyone. And then this I wanna talk about in a big way, um, which is reclaiming joy. So are there any business tasks or clients that generate a disproportionate amount of joy? For example, um, recently I decided that the thing that would make me like the very happiest in the whole world for no good reason, and I don't understand it, is to teach a poetry class. I outlined the poetry class immediately. Asshole brain was like, what right do you have to teach a poetry class? And I was like, a four-year degree in English education, bitch, try a different question, right? <laughs> like, and, then, and then I proceeded to like make an outline and do nothing with it. So I need to, for the sake of like my disproportionate amount of joy, actually make like a wait list and a sales page and have a poetry class, even though it makes no sense, quote unquote, with relating to the larger, like, I'm not going to be a business coach for poets. Like, I'm just going to teach poetry because it brings me such deep joy that I don't give a fuck about anything else. So do you have any of that in your life that is just like, I want to move toward this. I feel compelled to do this. It doesn't make logical sense. No one is like, I'm going to be a business coach, business coach, business coach, business coach, teach some poetry classes, business coach, business coach. That's not, it's not logical. And it's a part of my soul that wants to be expressed. So it's my job to pay attention to that and to be like, okay, you can be a business coach and you can teach a poetry class. What's the worst that will happen? No one will show up. Okay. That's not so bad. So just noticing the joy. Um, if you are a person who likes people or likes working with people or likes being in the same room as people, pandemic has probably pushed on your like, hey, remember being in the same room as people? Hey, remember breathing the same air? Remember people? I didn't think I liked people that much. And then pandemic hit and it turns out I love people way more than I thought. <laughs> right? So um, maybe your joy is in working with people one-on-one. -on -one. And again, I'm going to be pitchy for pitchy for 20 seconds, which is if you want to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, you can do that online or offline. Online, the wait list for online business coaching is at kristenkelp.com slash tap. Offline, kristenkelp.com slash solo. You come to Philly. We breathe the same air and it's so fucking exciting that I can't even stand it. You learn some things, do some things, make a marketing plan and go home rested and refreshed. And I get stoked because I actually get to do my work in person again. And that makes me so happy I could cry. Um, 
So I'm actually gonna cry. Okay, so <laughs> I miss people. God, I miss people. Now I'm just full on crying during podcast. It's happening. I'm committing to it. <laughs> so that what do you miss? And what brings you joy, even though you miss it? Move toward that. So Nick says making another TV show. I fucking love that you want to make TV shows. I would not make a TV show if you paid me $47 billion. And that's what I love about you. <laughs> um, Nick says, it turns out I like hiding away from people. We've switched roles. I might not ever leave my land again. That's okay, because I'm just going to come to your house and knock on your door and love your children. It's going to happen. Um, so anyway, back to the pitch that went awry because of the tears. Uh, solo is a one-on-one -on -one retreat to help you correct any troubles you're having with the way your business currently operates. And then to sort out what's going to happen next with a doable and possibly even enjoyable marketing plan. P.S. I will cry. That's going to happen. You'll be fine. Uh, it's just you and me diving deeper, sorting out your blind spots together while we breathe the same air in Philly. Again, that's kristenkelp.com slash solo for the benefit of the people who are not here live. And you can hit me up anytime. Uh, K at kristenkelp.com. Talk about what you need. So if you need a different date, a different configuration, whatever it is, kristenkelp.com slash solo, and we will make the magic together. Nicole says massage therapy school feels like magic. I wish I could fast forward to next November and just be a massage therapist already. Yes. Yes. If we could just sign up for things and then just like, well, you've paid the money. So now the knowledge is in your brain with no action to take whatsoever. That would be magnificent. Yeah. So we've covered a bunch of places, right? We've covered your daily life, what you would like to stop doing. We've covered rest, like your next day off. We have covered daily structure. So what is one element of structure that can better support your day? We've covered support. What would one piece of support that's needed at this time be? And what would it look like to ask for help? And then we've covered joy. What generates a disproportionate amount of joy? And that can be very overwhelming and very like whatever. I type some shit in the chat box, who cares? So tell me what action, what is the one action? We only need one. Um, that you're going to take first as a result of the reclaiming. So there are all these questions and some might feel like, yeah, I don't need that. I don't care about that. But is there anything that's like, yes, that's a thing that I need to do to reclaim my spirit from the pandemic and the before and wherever it's been in order to more fully come back to yourself. It can be something you've already said. It can be something new, but that's the question now. What's the next action to take as a result of this particular podcast episode? And again, it all counts. Doesn't have to be a big deal. You might just want to like use your library card. Fantastic. Use your library card. I love a good library card. Sean says meal planning. Hi, Sean. <laughs> meal planning is so good because meal planning is the actual worst. I can coach people to make like six figures, like nobody's business. But if you need me to make a meal plan, I fall down. I'm like, I don't know, tacos. It's always tacos. 
And then like, do we have cereal? Like cereal and tacos. These are, these are my specialties. <laughs> Nicole says, keep my phone in the kitchen and start my day with yoga and coffee. Yes. Yeah. If you can separate your phone from your bedroom, miracles happen there. Lottie's going to set up some structure. I need something more specific there, Lottie, because that's very vague and I love you that way. Uh, for Marissa, it's continuing daily self-care. Awesome. Uh, Nick is adjusting routine to write before my kids get up and not looking at client stuff until I've done my work first. Ooh, it's so hard to not look at client stuff until you've done your work first. I'm always like, who needs me? Oh, you can't see me typing in the podcast, but I'm typing away at my imaginary email, seeing who needs me, not giving a fuck about what I need. That's, that's a tendency that has to be broken. Like for me over and over and over again. Oh, and Lottie's going to set up some structure for joyful time, e.g. painting. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and Nick said, also, I said, it's always tacos the same time you did, because I know it is. I, I love me the tacos. They do me good in my soul. Nick said, also, you taught me to give my best self to my work instead of my clients. Well, thank you. I'm glad for that. And they won't notice that you're 80% because your 80% is like most people's 172%, honestly. Um, yeah, that's good shit. That's, that's the reclaiming is when we take all of these things back. So do you have any questions, any comments, any concerns? any hesitations, any places you would like to call bullshit, any places where you're like, that sounds good for you, Kristen, but you're a cishet white female living in Pennsylvania and you just don't understand. I do believe you that you can't get good tacos in France. That's, that's a shame. <laughs> yeah, you're nowhere near any place that's good at tacos. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's good. So Katie's got to jump off early because she has a vaccine appointment. Yay. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And you've learned to make tacos. Of course. Of course. Awesome. 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 So then is there anything else? Like you are here. You have me. You can unmute yourself. You can ask a question. You can make a comment. You can just be stoked that we're here. We've made it to the other side ish. Like, Depending on vaccination levels, we're at the other side-ish. I think Britain is still a little locked down. I don't know about France at the moment. I know your president got slapped in the face. That's that's international news that I know about as of this moment, yeah. And I, my reaction was like, why didn't someone Trump slap Trump in the face? Like, if slapping a world leader that you just walk by is an option, why has no one done this? <laughs> I just didn't realize that was an option. I went way too fast. That's what happened. Um, but I love seeing you. It just makes me happy to see people. It makes me cry a little bit even. You've, you've seen, you've seen. Um, so what do you hope is true for the coming like six months? Because what I hope is true is that like we can begin to move about the world with less fear and we can begin to like reconnect super, super, super awkwardly 
but still effectively <laughs> that like humans and people were going to interact with them. Um, I think we can make better businesses because I think everyone has seen through how Amazon is coming for everything and maybe Amazon is not what the world needs. So what do you hope is true for the next six months? Marissa says, I hope we can learn to be more intentional and mindful in our practices for ourselves and for others. Yes, yes. Um, I do wanna share with you uh, if meditation slash breathwork slash so many slashes, if, if, if the spiritual life is of interest to you, um, Insight Timer is a free app that has lots of like live meditation. Um, I do uh, guided meditation, recorded meditation. Um, our friend Josh Solar uh, is on there. He has a great gratitude meditation and a good um, theta waves meditation, that kind of a thing. So if you too would like to be a part of having a more intentional practice, especially around meditation, which can be hard if you're unguided, um, Insight Timer is free, is helpful. You can, you know, pay the teachers or not, depending on how much you enjoy them. Um, it's been really lovely. Uh, Nicole's hope is that people will remember how to be kind to one another. Oh God, I hope so. Um, and I hope we will honor people's boundaries of all kinds. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's this, um, I can feel it in me. I don't know if you feel it in you, this sense of like, we need to go back to seeing each other in person all the time. And also I don't want to see each other in person all the time, but I need to, but like, there's a weird, like I want to pick up the pace a little cause I don't just want to be sitting on my ass on the couch, but I definitely don't want to go back to the pace of the before, which is just this kind of continuous, like it never ever stops for any reason. And we never have time off no matter what. And even when you're off, you're thinking about the on and like, I hope that that's been revealed at some level during the pandemic for basically everyone. Um, and Nick says, I think my hope is that we don't go back to rushing everywhere and doing more and more and more because more is better. That's, that's, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that that continuous rushing is like, it takes a toll at the deepest level and as terrible as the last whatever since the before has been, um, most of us got to slow at some level. Maybe we slowed 10%, maybe we slowed 90%. Maybe we just fucking fell down. Um, but the slowing, we don't have to go as fast as we went before. We can if we choose, but we don't have to. And I think that that just that being revealed is beautiful. That, hey, you were traveling at 200 miles an hour every single day. Do you wish to continue traveling at 200 miles an hour every single day? Or is maybe 35 to 85 miles an hour a more acceptable speed for you? <laughs> um and I hope that we remember that. I hope that when I talk to clients that they don't describe themselves as just busy and overwhelmed. And then when I'm like, but what else is going on? Like, I'm just so busy. Uh, and there's not a whole lot underneath that. It's just this continuous rushing from point A to B to C to D to E to F. And it never stops until you collapse into bed face first at night and then get up still wearing the same clothes from the night before and do it again. Um, so that's the thing that I hope. So it's good to see you. It's good to be here. Thank you for coming and playing with me. I'm not going to hold you any longer because I ran through my notes so fast. 
Oh, <laughs> which is just that I got so excited. Um, so may you um, renew your practices in a way that feels life-giving in the deepest parts of you. And may you finally master the art of meal planning. And if you find the secret, please, for the love of God, let me know. Because it's always tacos. <laughs> may you remember the joys of being in your body, the joys of performing, the joys of being in your body outside, inside, anywhere at all. May you remember the joys of people, of being with people, of performing and of doing your work in the world. May you go at whatever pace you damn well please, whether that's fast or slow or in between. May you make time for your work before you start doing other people's work. And may you be kind to yourself in the process. May you make a tremendous amount of room for structure that is the joyful kind. May you make your practices just a part of it, not a big deal. And may they save you. And may every single solitary day include some part of reclaiming your time, your energy, and your sense of self back from wherever, wherever it's been during the pandemic. It's been a fucking nightmare. We know this. And also we're going to come back and we're going to be amazing. And we might even end up better than we started. So... I hope that's a possibility for you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your attention, your eyeballs, your comments and making me cry. I love it all. Thank you. I love you. And I will see you so, so soon. We will do this again very soon. Thank you. Mwah. And let me know if you need anything. Bye. Thank you for listening. One more time. The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you Come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine while quietly, or not so quietly, scream-sobbing in a private place between tasks. Let's not do that. Let's try something different. This is a really simple format. One gathering a month on the first Tuesday of the month until the 2024 election. So we're practicing the skills that we will need in November now. And we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now. And that's available to you at Join the Antidote. Dot com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.